This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another homebound coronavirus-required edition of Take the Black Live, the only one and only show on the internet where we give you discussion, news, postulation, and theorizing about you know sci-fi, fantasy, Game of Thrones, Song by Fire, Star Wars, Westworld, all of that good nerd stuff. And once again, coming at us live uh, from our homes, Mia, how are you doing it? I think is the third week, fourth week of doing this? Yeah, like third-ish. I, you know, at this point, it's I'm losing track of time. Apparently, it's April today, so <laughs> that's April something Fools, that we're dealing with. The whole plague's a mistake. Yeah. The whole plague's a, a whoopsie. <laughs> if, if only, but yeah, I'm hanging in there for what it's worth. Honest to God, I mean, look, I, I know it, it's horrible for a lot of people. I'm not absolutely hating everything. Like yeah. I don't know. Like given the choice, I would. Stay home in some situations and just kind of hang out, and watch TV anyway. Like sometimes, yeah, it's my thing is like I'm because I'm such a, I'm such an introvert. I'm such a homebody. Like yeah, this is kind of like my domain. Mm-hmm. I think the the part of it though was like when you do feel like you want to go outside or like oh, yeah. you know I can go I'll go outside, but when I do want to be around people or just go shopping, that's when it's kind of like okay, I got to get into stealth mode. I got to mm-hmm. put on a hazmat suit. I got to make sure you know. I don't die on my way to the supermarket, though. So. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I've been trying not to like, I've been trying to be careful, but I've also been trying not to be like super fearful about it either. That I makes think sense. that's the best way you can do it. Yeah. yeah. So far, I, I've got a little equilibrium, but we'll see how it lasts when to like, um, mm. we'll talk a little later about how long it may yeah. last, what it's doing in the industry. But first, we are making our own fun around here. And by the way, thanks to everyone who's tuning in. Um, for example, this past, like the past three weeks, and maybe this was help because everybody was inside just doing nothing voting. But we ran a thing on Twitter for Wick called yes. Fandom Madness, where we pit just 64 sci-fi fans years against each other in a March Madness-like bracket, because that was actually canceled due to the plague. Like, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, stuff like um, Pikachu versus Baby Yoda. That wasn't actually one. Or Gandalf yeah. <laughs> versus Captain America, stuff like that. And There were some really, Captain really good matchups in that there and was. i was surprised how the results uh began to swing <laughs> as, I, I, was, as I, watched I was i was delighted by him though because the biggest because what it really showed me was that like the, the 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 two hey julie how you doing the two biggest fandoms that were really like pushing 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 were for lucifer the cw show which i've never watched <laughs> um but i might start now and uh the wheel of time this giant book series conducted by amazon and in the end, it came down to, I think, 
um, Moiraine from the Wheel of Time, a sorceress type, and Han Solo, and she just spanked him completely. <laughs> I cannot believe it, Han. Which I can get, like, with the fandoms coming behind him for Will of Time, but Han Solo, I was like, how did he go so far? What was everybody? But, I mean, well, the people have spoken. I mean, again, it's because it's nature of the internet. I mean, the Wheel of Time, has been around for a long time, is, like, a fan that's just kind of coming up and getting attention. I I think it's like they're, you know, they're still, they're they're young in the sense they haven't had, like, a giant blow-up movie moment yet. They're organized. They're, you know, they're passionate. And they really like threw the. It was, I loved watching. They threw themselves into this. Sort of the Luciferian. Yeah. There was even one guy who, during um, the matchup between Moiraine and Lucifer, which was easily the hot, most hotly contested, the most fun to watch. It was so great. It was like neck and neck the entire way. And like, we had like showrunners retweeting it. Like, the showrunner put the way the time show got in it. Like, say, vote Moiraine, do it. Like some actors got in it. It was down to the wire. And there was wow. <laughs> um, a genius, um, oh God, what's his name? Um, named uh, a gentleman on Twitter, Andrew Genhold, who wrote a song about it. And I was so happy someone wrote a song about um, our silly little tournament that I, I wanted to play it for Andrew yeah. Gilmore. And hi, Debbie. Hey, Julie. So let's serenade you for a second with. I'll call it the Ballad of Lucifer and Lorraine by So the battle did rage between the light and the dark, and I'll give it to Lucifer's fans. They are brave, they are smart. So I'll give a bow to the devil, even though we got beat by Moraine. And now we can go and beat on Solo, you know. So let's join in our refrain. So join. So wow! I just love the fact that someone cared enough to do that. You know. I know. Yeah, that's really, that's why I like to see like fandoms come together and do these sort of creative things. And maybe, you know, it helps that we're all stuck inside. We've got nothing better to do. I thought that song was so awesome just to think somebody would take the time out of their day to do that. So shout out to him for that. <laughs> we loved it. And Julia said that she hopes the power would be good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it more now, but I know how passionate the fan was about it too. Um, and yeah, I'm about, I'm still in the second book, uh, reading it, listening to whatever you want to say. Um, good so far, and I hope it's a hit too. And again, um, I'm also interested to see if the fandom, like other fandoms, you know, it, it, it'll have that arc where it's really passionate at first, and then it becomes more mainstream, like Star Wars has. It'll be a little more diffuse. I mean, it, 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 it is kind of a thing of like the younger and more vibrant of fandom, the more passionate they're going to be about stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, and I do think time takes a toll, but, you know, the cycle of life, man, it's going to be fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, in actual news, although I had a lot of fun with that, and we'll do Phantom Matters <laughs> next year, too. I was, I was quite happy with it. Why don't we check in on the state of all things um, coronavirus? Yeah. You know, what's happening <laughs> so, in the entertainment industry? Yeah. So, we just got our next batch of movies that were pushed. Uh, 
which is it's interesting. I'll get to that in a second. Is that we were kind of saying early on, like the last two or three weeks or so, people were like, okay, definitely we're gonna push the March movies. Oh yeah, like, um, why you know, got pushed like that was March or like yeah, movies, all that like, April, April movie. Yeah, no time to die. All those good oh, yeah. Peter Rabbit and <laughs> all those movies. But now it's like the movie we're moving into like summer blockbuster season. And now those movies are starting to be pushed too. So uh, like last week we talked about wonder woman's pushed to August black widow was pushed till question marks. And Sony finally kind of got around to their movie slate and they're like, okay, okay, okay. We got to move some stuff. Uh, and so one of those was ghostbusters afterlife, which is that it's basically stranger things, ghostbusters yes. slash maybe. Yeah, Stephen King, Ghostbusters. Which I wasn't uh, so even that, like that excited for, but still, it was like I a know. giant pole. Yeah, exactly. So that was going to be July 10th of this year, and that was moved to March 5th of 2021. So they're like, we're going to get this all the time we can get. Uh-huh. Um, the other movie was Uncharted, which was the uh-huh. Tom Holland, I believe Mark Wahlberg as well, yes. video game movie being moved. Um, technically, that was in March fifth 2021 uh so then they're pushing that to october 8th uh but one of the interesting things to me is that sony's morbius is being pushed from july 31st to march 19th july 2021 yeah deep into the summer yeah <laughs> yeah they're not taking any chances but what was interesting was that oh, okay now we've got these movies where you know these technically like morbius technically is it technically isn't a standalone movie because it's part of the like whole Sony Spider Verse? And what oh, Sony? Uh, quick question. Can yes. they call it the Spider Verse? Does that conflict with the movie they already had? No. Oh, you know Spider-verse? what? They actually a long time ago Sony called it something else, like Spider Man Cinematic Universe, something like that. It was really Galaxy. dumb. So I just call it. Everybody called it the Spider Verse. <laughs> it's gonna confuse uh, people. It is, <laughs> uh, but they, they they were planning on releasing two movies this year. One was Morbius, and then in October was going to be Venom Two. And so far, Venom Two has not been moved. And from what I heard, uh, Morbius has a little plot line that kind of sets up Venom Two. So I'm curious to see how that goes. I was going to ask, like, do you think? A, do you think that Venom 2 will like eventually be moved because it's in October and you know we've got all these things going on? Or does it even really kind of matter if these movies are jumbled up and just kind of see them whenever and however? I mean, I think it matters to the people making them. I, I think that if they're trying to plan a like, you know, like a, a, a Mothman universe like uh, procession of um, you know, like see one and then the next and then they all have to do it, it has to matter. I imagine what I'm curious about is just like, will the entire year be just wiped clean, and just we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah. and just we'll just try movies again in 2021? <laughs> yeah, it's like you know what we had a nice we had a nice shot at it, uh, and we'll we'll come back next year. I mean, I yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of like we've got like this. We were just doing some planning for fan side, and it's like there are a couple of movies sprinkled in for June and sort of August, but it, it's really like it's gonna be like. A desert out there yeah, for this. What's curious is, although, like, I feel like folk don't really have. Again, there's like not really meeting in the middle. There's some confusion around here because the studios are moving the movies. AMC just said that, which is the biggest theater chain in the United States, anyway. I'm not sure around the world. 
um, that they want to reopen like mid June at the latest was their kind of guesstimate. And I was like, okay. So even if that's sort of possible and you know, people are willing to go back or, or like the government's orders are lifted by them. Like what movies are you going to show? Like if, yeah. if, if you open your theaters in, in mid June or like they said, like maybe even May, but it, it was just like an estimate. But the point yeah, is like, it, unless you like want to like do classics or release or something or mm-hmm. like re-releases, you know, last week I was all excited about like, Oh, China's reopening cinemas again. <laughs> yeah. Things are going to be okay. China's opening up 600 theaters slowly, slowly, slowly. And like the day after we recorded that, no, the government was like, no, better not. Better yeah, shut those down again. To me, I was like, that sounds a little too close to call, too early, too close for comfort. And so I'm kind, of, I'm glad that they're like staying away from that. I'm like, slowly, 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 but surely. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It's definitely the best and most safe thing. But I mean... Again, I, I just have to wonder what movies will be like when they come out the other end of this, and TV when they come out the other end of it, because everything is stopped. And when things stop or stall, lose momentum, sometimes they die. I'm sure not everything yeah. will die. I'm sure they're able to salvage some stuff, but some stuff's just going to get lost. Or in, in, in I think some movies, especially, that's so weird. They're just going to like move all the movies that would come out this year to next year, and then the movies that come out next year something yeah like they yeah, just they might moved have on to 2022 <laughs> and we just are yeah. backlogged a year for the rest of our lives until it equals out like 10 years from now gosh and then it's kind of like to think about like right now these companies are losing tremendous amounts of money anyway you know like disney well, is crying you know our, our, our pockets are hurting yeah and so i think that moving forward you know I'm, this is not like my cnbc you know like economic analyst oh, but you know, I, I, it was occurring to me. It's like maybe they they are going to have to make some cuts or be a little bit more careful about the movies that they approve, the budgets that they spend, because they're like, look, if this movie flops, we're already you know in the hole from twenty twenty. Yeah. So it's or again, or again, they just move everything to streaming. Theaters die out, but studios survive, and we're just watching Wonder Woman um, on Hulu in a couple yeah. of months. As Debbie says. Isn't like one big guesstimate right now, which yeah, I, I have to agree, Debbie. <laughs> or just um, yeah. taking it one day at a time. That was disappointing, though. Can you imagine? Like they announced, okay, theaters are opening back up. We're gonna like they had a plan. We're gonna roll it out yeah. six hundred over a couple course of a month, and the next day the government's just like, no, yeah, <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> and it's much really more complicated here, like in the U.S., because we don't have you know. Um, as authoritarian <laughs> um, a government, and so there were all these private actors who were like, AMC seemed like I'm going to open up, and I don't know, like another theater chain, like we'll do something different. It's like a hodgepodge of some are doing it, some aren't. It's going to be very hard to follow. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And then on top of all of that, like <laughs> I was like just thinking, it's like yeah, we've got like the movie business, and then like the creative planning. You know, for like people like Sony or Disney, and they're like, we're trying to create all these like movie universes and we want them to be cohesive. But now, you know, this might have to. It's like, yeah, to think about not only does Marvel technically, like Marvel Studios, have to think about their movies, they also kind of have to think about Sony movies because of Spider Man. And they also have to think about all these Disney Plus shows that need to be released in some sort of sequential order along with their movies. And my, I would have a headache <laughs> if I were, you know, in charge of all that. Oh yeah. Poor and Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> like 
and do it all in the threat of like, we're not making money right now, so we're just going to keep yeah. going and see what happens. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's very uncertain. We'll check back next week and see if a miracle happened or uh, yeah. something else horrible happened. But um, <laughs> one thing that isn't uncertain, um, and yes, it is a good time for a meetup, Julie. I mean, yeah, what else is happening? Um, what's not uncertain is that a little light news story before we move into what we're watching and what all you are watching. I saw some new stuff. Julie, I watched Devs. I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> it came out kind of uh, earlier this week that George R. R. Martin, the famed author of A Song of Ice and Fire, um, was talking about the cameo that happened on like the Game of Thrones Westworld crossover with Benioff and Weiss and the dragon there. It was very, very cute. Mm-hmm. And he was just talking, like, wrote a very long blog post about it. Whenever I see that with him, I'm like, you have written a lot here. <laughs> Clearly you like to write. Let's, yeah, let, yeah. let's not examine it, I guess. Yeah. Go there. Um, anyway, he was writing about it, and he was talking about cameos and shows. And he talked about, I've done them over the course of my career. He was, he did have a part in the very first unaired pilot episode of Game of Thrones. Back when there's another actress playing Daenerys, she had to get recast. He appeared at her wedding to Khal Drogo. And that thing's on, uh, it's on the cutting room floor. It's never been seen. There's a whole... It's kind of like the holy grail for a Game of Thrones fan. This unaired pilot which had like footage that just got oh, completely wow. lost. But he did post a photo of himself in what he would have worn at that wedding scene. Which I think is pretty entertaining. Because <laughs> that is a big old... What do you even call that on his head? Is that a bow? It's... Is that a... I, I'm glad I get to zoom in here. It's like a hat with a weird sort of. It isn't a bow because it's not technically not tied. So no, it's one not. big untied ribbon, I suppose. And he has like <laughs> a necklace of yeah. spears. A huge, yeah, necklace. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, poofy. I like his, his beard is braided as well. He's got some. Ex- oh, it or is. is that right. his hair? One of those, like but he's got all. some extensions going on, so. It's a shame. It's a shame that that's kind of. It's quite the Christmas card to sit. What what is that necklace made out of? Like Christmas ornaments? <laughs> that's what it looks yeah. like to me. Yeah. I also Sweet. love that like he had an idea for a Westworld crossover where it was like, what if we got the Game of Thrones dead actors to come back and they're the hosts and they're waking up. And he's like, but I didn't want a full crossover. I don't want anything too big. I'm like, yes, you did. That is huge. Like, he would get, like, Robert Baratheon and Shay and Catelyn Stark just come back and wake up in the Westworld darkness, go, you know, come back online, whatever. Like, that man mm-hmm. uh, does, like, has no small ideas. It's all no. like, balls to the wall, huge. Every yeah, time. huge so, ideas. I love it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's also probably what slows him down because he, he can't just like cut a corner. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I respect the ambition and um, I love that his dreams are mountainous. Good for him. Nice hat. I agree. Or whatever it is. If, if, if you know what that is, tell us. Decorative hat, hat ornament. There we go. Yes. He, um, headpiece. I'll go with head that. Headpiece. Piece. Sure. And finally, because the news is a little sparing, but we'll have some people on next week. I think we're going to have um, Ariba on talking about uh, Westworld. I wanted someone on talking about Walking Dead. But this week, um, what have you been watching, Mia, Mia Johnson? Ooh, shall we dive right into Westworld? Sure. We are already in episode three of season three. 
And you know what? This of field, I don't like the title. The titles are all always interesting. Um, I like the winter line, but the absence of field. What does that mean? Let's get a title. Just, just go with the abstract at all. Twenty like the first, and it's hard in an episode of eight episodes to or eight or so to feel like a filler episode. This one to me had so far the least amount of substance. Really? Uh, there was a really big. Oh, well, I it, it, I know it's hard to say least amount when it comes to Westworld. Uh, but this one was kind of largely though about uh, Charlotte Hale and the whole idea about that was it's like you know played by Tessa Thompson. It's like ooh, what's you know what's going on with Hale? Who who's really in her body? Who is this person? Uh, and it was kind of interesting to see kind of as Tessa Thompson as an actress yes. take on like a whole other personality. She's like, who am I? What am I doing? What is this place? I don't I Have you seen Toy Story 4? I did not. Is Dang she it. Well, no, but she, she reminded me of no, <laughs> her character in this reminded me of Forky because Forky was like, I'm a sport. I shouldn't be a toy. What the heck is my life? Gotcha. So it's got that uh, Toy Story connection say, going on. I like Tessa Thompson. Like in the other Westworld seasons, I, I didn't like really like. There, there's a question of like, why exactly are you here? Like, I think she bring a ton to it. <laughs> I was this impressed me. I thought she was very good in this. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's in a robot body. We don't know who she is. She's waking up, and I thought her uh, identity crisis of who am I, which we don't know. I'm not sure she knows. Am I? Um, Charlotte Hale, this woman's body I'm in, am I whoever the host was that Dolores shoved in this body? Am mm-hmm. I something else? Was pretty compelling. I thought like her was very, very good in a way that I didn't really see before. So I was impressed with that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, that's another layer to her character. I feel like, yeah, because it, it, it kind of was like, I felt like even in season two, I thought maybe they didn't need her at first and they just kind of found a way for her to stick around. Uh, so I, I do like this. this. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like the 30 year old super powerful executive. Why? Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. And then there were, I'm trying to remember what if, yeah, Dolores, I guess was in this episode. She was just kind of like, yeah, you know, Hale, Hale was like, Dolores, will you help me? And Dolores is like, I, I guess. <laughs> right. And it's like, she's kind of like figure your own thing out. Dol- Wow, I'm really trying to remember what well, like, happened this Hale episode. It's like all emotionally messed up, and Dolores is like needing to like comfort her and pet her, yeah, and yeah, with her. So yeah. they have some kind of emotional bond that we're not fully let in on yet. Um, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I we talk about devs in a second. I did watch devs. And I did like it. I yeah. see Sherry and Kenny talking about it down there. Um, kind of I never did watch. Um, I, I I like the emotional texture of Westworld right now. It feels like very heavy. It feels yeah. very kind of broke and um, just heavy is the word I want to keep coming back to. But not unpleasant. It's 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 dense. I, I, I like. I feel that I sink into it. It's compelling to watch. Right. If I th- yeah. think about it for like too long, I start to go like, <laughs> "Wait, so Charlotte Hale just strangled." a um, yeah. potential pedophile on a bench in broad daylight stole his dog uh-huh. and she just walks away. <laughs> yes, that's like, how it works. I know she said the cameras were off, but like, we don't have the cameras now and strangling a guy in a park on a bench, <laughs> but it's still like, 
pretty obviously thing you shouldn't do. Stop thinking about the plot holes. <laughs> or another question I asked was like, what about her kid? Like he, I don't know if he knows that she's a host, but mm -hmm. he does know that something is up. How does he know that something's up? And literally no one else in her life realizes because, that. Because the, because the child knows. And, and a, a young, innocent child knows that the mom... Also, did you see that scene? Where, like, she got into bed with the young kid. Yeah. And she, like, has her weird dead eyes staring straight away. Like, I would know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I know she doesn't love him that much, but I, I think he figured it out. Because she's kind of like a deadbeat mom, I guess. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, she has a son. But, yeah, so that's it. We'll see how things progress next week. And, and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I did. I, I liked it. I'm, I'm still intrigued. Um, yeah, that's about it. Although I will say, okay, I think you would like Debs, the show. Yeah, um, please tell me. Hulu. I feel like it's up your alley. Um, I watched the premiere episode the other night. Julie recommended it on here, and apparently Sherry's watching it, too. I, hey. I'm only... I'm only one episode in, but it, it's, it actually reminds me of Westworld a lot, but like the subtle version, um, it's about a, uh, Silicon Valley firm, like, you know, like a Google, a Apple, something like that. Mm -hmm. Very, very successful, very, very powerful. Um, and a couple, like an engineer couple, a guy and a girl who both work there and are together. And the one guy, the man gets drafted into devs, a secret, kind of a development unit within the company. And um, I won't say much more, but in the very first episode, he, I'll just say, it's, it's the first episode, like, yeah. synopsis. He's murdered because he finds out too much. He finds out, mm -hmm. like, what, what Debs is doing. And he has to be killed for it. And that's where I am right now. And I, I think where it's going to go is the girlfriend's going to investigate and find out what, what, what the hell's up and yeah. find out it's going to be great. But the first episode was really, really cool did you ever see um, Ex Machina by Alex Garland? The movie? <sighs> that's my, I love that movie. It's this guy's behind it. He's Alex Garland. Yes, that's right. And it's all over it. It's, it's got this very kind of clinical, precise um, tone to it. Again, like very atmospheric and really good at, I mean, the problem, like the, the, like the boyfriend finds out what they're doing with this company I mean, all he looks at is just like a giant screen of code that I don't know what the hell it means. But they do a great job of like selling. This is somehow horrifying. Yeah. Um, that what he found is the ability to him. He goes in the bathroom and pukes. As Julie says, quantum mechanics. They throw a lot of words around this episode. Quantum mechanics. <laughs> they don't make you like it's it's understandable because they tie all this complicated, um, you know, quantum mechanics being one of the infamously most complicated topics in all of, in all human history um, to human problems like okay so the topic is complicated but at the end of the day like the driver is the guy's murdered what happened to him like that yeah. is easy to latch on to and it has all like these weird touches um like there's this giant baby statue that looms over the company i don't know why yet <laughs> nick offerman plays the boss who as you yeah. know is a comedy guy but he's very kind of sinister and sort of like um, if Mark Zuckerberg grew into a hermit in like his fifties, like that's what he's giving me <laughs> like a super technology genius hermit dude. Um, yeah. And it was all like this technology. That's like, it's like it's in the future, but in the near future. So it's like, it's not impossible to believe it, but it's still kind of uncanny and weird. 
great yeah. imagery like that. I love it. I love the tone. So far, I'm very, very That's intrigued. Awesome. So, so are I, these weekly, like weekly released episodes? I think it's all of uh, I think there are five episodes of six released so far. I think it's, okay. it's, it's I'm not sure if it's going to be multiple seasons or what, but the first season is almost done and I'm going to be catching up on it this week. I'm sure. Cause I would, I was, mm. and I, yeah, think, that did. I think you would do it. Yeah. When I, I was brushing up on it. I saw that it was from the guy who did ex machina. I was like, Oh, that is so <laughs> right up my That's alley. I think it just kind of, it like kind of fell off of my radar. I haven't like been up on, on Hulu too much. Uh, so yeah, I was like, I, I was kind of debating if that should be one of my next watches, and I think it it just might be. I recommend it. Someone else mentioned here, Outlander. We'll have someone on next week talk about Outlander, an Outlander expert. We're not Outlander experts, but we will get one on here because I know we want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we're still liking, I also think we have to at least briefly discuss the show that is lighting up the internet. Yeah, just, just for a second. <laughs> It, it's not really yeah. our, our uh, usual lane, but is anybody else it's, out there oh watching King? Anybody on Netflix? What is all this Because I'll tell you, I watched one episode of that and I could not stop. You, so did you watch the whole thing? Oh yeah, I said yeah, I yeah. Last week and like, okay, and suddenly I'm done. Yeah, I finished it pretty quick too. Oh my gosh, how much of a wild ride was every? <laughs> It's like every single episode, there was something like either somebody did something shady, somebody did something weird, somebody. I don't even know where to begin with this this show. And just for the uninitiated, Tiger King is a six episode Netflix docuseries about um, some garbage people in the American (laughs) rural Midwest who own, and also the East Coast, um, who own giant cats like lions and tigers, in some cases elephants and chimpanzees, other wild animals in like private zoos and it is wild. It, it, it's definitely one of those like stranger than fiction type narratives where like you couldn't make this stuff up. Like you, you would have to find this really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nicole says she's on the Tiger bandwagon. I, I understand that. I wish I wasn't. Yeah. Um, there is an element of, of trashiness to it. of like leering at somebody else's weird life. I think but so. Yeah. Like, I don't really care because I'm very entertained. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, it's exactly that. It's just, I, yeah, it's just so absolutely off the wall. It's like, how has this been something that's going on in this world? Like, I, <laughs> uh, it, and I think one of the biggest things is the rivalries between uh, kind of like the two main people, Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, which people yeah. cannot get enough of these two uh and in a weird way because joe exotic was somebody who wanted to be in the spotlight he wanted to be a superstar mm-hmm. uh and i don't know if this is like spoiling the series or anything but yeah you know even kind of after the fact everything that happened with him he's getting like his 15 minutes of fame finally i'm sure if he if he knew about all this he would be absolutely uh in love with it i mean i i imagine he probably is now yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's like one Netflix account in prison. Just want to watch. <laughs> Somebody put on the Netflix. <laughs> I gotta watch my show. <laughs> oh god! As Nicole says, uh, there's only wild, wild reality stuff. I complete. I, I understand completely. Yeah. I really and don't, that's yeah. I'm, reality, I'm not a reality I'm person either. It's yeah. There's something about this. I was just like, well, I guess I'm, there was the second episode with. Um, one of their uh, zookeepers where the tiger, they were feeding the tiger 
And then all of a sudden bad things happen when they fed the tiger. Uh-huh. And I was just like, oh my, that was like in the first like minute of the second episode. I was like, okay, this is, we're really in for it. It's rough. I mean, and it, it, it's, it, it's kind of um, inspiring that I think there are people like this everywhere in the world. It's just, there's 8 billion of us and it's hard to get seen sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But um, this person's getting seen. So if, if you're in the mood for some easy, uh, kind of digestible, trashy um, docu-series about extreme personalities, feel free. But if not, um, some more high-minded stuff. I really am enjoying devs a lot. Um, Better Call Saul still going on that. Yeah. We're going to have Outlander next week. Going to love that. And um, I I still haven't watched Walking Dead, I think. So here's really good this season. We'll talk about that show. Anything else you want to say here before we start? Anything else you're looking forward to? Or oh, yeah, or we've got on our list. Finally, Rick and Morty is returning on May oh, yeah. 3rd. Yes. So that's awesome. I thought people were like, is this an April Fool's joke? Because it kind of, it was like right at around midnight. And they're like, please that's tell true. us. That's <laughs> true. So I haven't seen like many of short. those. Thank goodness. I yeah. saw one that was like, um, the subtitle for the third Fantastic Beast film has been released. And I clicked and it was literally Rickroll. I'm like, oh, that's very clever, oh. huh? Yeah, yeah, I've come across a couple of them. We're not doing an April Fool's joke. We have integrity. No. <laughs> oh, and as Nicole says, yeah, the, the Last Kingdom coming up twenty sixth. We're excited for that. Last Kingdom is a great medieval um, drama series, not fantasy, just history. But um, you know what? A lot of the time they're pretty similar. I mean, sure, there are no dragons and magic, but there's still like people with swords and stuff going around and casting stuff. Yeah. Which is what we really came for is what I really come for. I love that show. I also was really excited to see that um, I'm really looking forward to Netflix's take on The Sandman. You ever read um, the comics by Neil Gaiman? I never read those, but I know it's so insanely popular. They were, I, I, I love them. I thought they were great. And Netflix making a show about it because they make a show about everything. So why not? Mm-hmm. And they just cast, or not cast, um, an actress from Game of Thrones, Isabella Relenti Sellers. I said that wrong, but whatever. He played Tien Sand, one of the Sand Snakes, is auditioned for Death, to play the role of Death, who is a fan favorite character. I would love that to happen, because I love that kind of yeah. It's a good show. And I love everything with swords, says Nicole. Yeah, but I don't know if that. We'll get <laughs> to The Last Kingdom here, The Last Kingdom is a great show. And um, that's about all I wanted to say this week. Anything else there before we sign off? Oh, no, I'm all good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, thanks for coming along with us. Uh, if you want to listen to us on podcasts, only available wherever podcasts are sold, Apple, Google Play, etc. and so forth. Have um, a great week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. We'll see you again this time, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time um, on Wednesday's Facebook page. And the new, Wit Club, the new Wit Club email will go out tonight. So for those of you who are involved with that, stay tuned. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.